they're wandering around town being crazy and like screaming in the alleyways or whatever the equivalent was of that at the time they just thought oh no that's zombie for you welcome back everyone thank you all for showing up john nevermore and this is episode two of thought generator doing this is something i didn't expect to happen it's taken over three decades to overcome anxiety doubts challenges it feels good to be able to say i did this i know a lot of you at this point grew up close to where I did, a small town in Kentucky, where it's easy to feel like you're alone. When you can't be yourself, nothing feels real. I know what that's like. Thought Generator is where I'm going to be myself. And anyone listening or joining us on the podcast, I want you all to be yourselves. Whatever I can do to make life easier, more fun, or exciting, I want to do that for you. Next week, I think we'll put off another zombie episode. I don't want to get stale in my first few episodes. Listen to the end for next week's topic. Like, follow, subscribe, leave a review wherever you're listening. It really helps me grow the podcast and get out to more people that I want to be part of this. From the ancient Mesopotamian gods' threats to the struggles of Rick Grimes in The Walking Dead, the not-so-living have been in our thoughts for millennia. We've talked about what makes zombies so terrifying. But what brought the classic man-eating dead that we know and fear? In the over 4,000-year-old The Descent of Ishtar, the goddess Inanna proclaimed, I shall raise up the dead, and they shall eat the living, and the dead shall outnumber the living. Was this our first taste of zombies? Unlikely. Mesopotamia was not the beginning of our people or their legends. It's just when we started writing them down. For all we know, we might have been living in fear of our children gnawing off our faces for thousands of years before. We might have already lived through an ancient zombie outbreak. H.P. Lovecraft, author of the Cthulhu Mythos, published a story in 1921 called Herbert West Animator in which a mad scientist uses the dark secrets of the Necronomicon to bring the dead back to life. But wait, Lovecraft never used the word zombie. See, this is what's really starting to concern me. This word, uh, this place, Haiti, is uh, coming up a lot. What's going on over in Haiti, homie? Because they got some shit going down. The first time the word zombie came to Western civilization was in a 1929 novel named The Magic Island in which a man stranded on an island comes into contact with a Haitian voodoo cult and their army of undead slaves. I always believe there's always a little bit of truth to all some of this. You know, it's got to spawn somewhere. There is. It's got to spawn somewhere. It really messed up the way it was in reality. Hmm. Article 256 of the Haitian Criminal Code states that if you put someone through the process of zombification, it would bring you an attempted murder charge. And if they were buried, even if they made it out alive, you just earned a murder charge. So, if they have a law about zombies, does that mean they are real? Actually, yes. And not the same kind of zombies you're used to. And actually, here's a messed up thing. Slave drivers would actually use this to their advantage and uh, just so they could talk slaves out of committing suicide. Yeah, because they would convince them that they would become zombies. Yep. I can see that. Make the slaves stay slave. 
In the 17th and 18th century, the French had a thriving slave trade that carved its way through Haiti. The French were bad even amongst slave drivers, often working new slaves to death within their first couple of years. Suicide was seen as a way to release your soul back to your homeland, but slavers had a few tricks to stop their losses. Pulling on their knowledge of Haitian culture, the slaves were told that committing suicide would trap your soul and your body, dooming you to wander the plantation for eternity. The Haitians themselves fed into the zombie craze by choosing the homeless and the mentally ill and matching them up with families that had just lost a loved one. They told them that this new person was their returned family member. Ouch. Right, and, and then they would say, that, oh, your zombie uncle. And they totally overlooked the fact that they didn't even look the same, and then they're wandering around town being crazy and, like, screaming in the alleyways or whatever the equivalent was of that at the time. They just thought, oh, no, that's zombie for you. Wow. And since the people were already kind of messed up to begin with, the cultural belief system mm-hmm. just reinforced it. And then these people have been told that they're a zombie long enough that they just believe it. Yeah, I'm a zombie. As the often schizophrenic person walked to the town and showed alarming new ways of behaving, cultural reinforcement had these people believing they were actually dead and of no purpose to their society. In 1983, Wade Davis traveled to Haiti and came back writing articles and books claiming the zombification process used tetrodotoxin which is pufferfish neurotoxin, a deliriant such as datura and part of a recently dead child's brain. And the cultural beliefs reinforced their actions so that they continued to act like zombies, even as the drugs wore off. Oh, wow. A lot of people, like, a lot of that's been debunked because with tetrodotoxin it definitely couldn't have like because he also said that they could do this for years on end but with that pufferfish neurotoxin if you didn't overdose on it like the other side effects would just like they wouldn't line up well what if they did it over an exposed period of time because i know i know you can't take a bath in peroxide but if you add a cap full of water peroxide to your tub and soap for a period of time like let's say 20 30 years you keep doing that you can eventually take a bath in full peroxide. Yeah. So you can build an immunity up to it. There's a lot of doses. things that are like that. This probably isn't true, but strong psychoactive drugs seem to have been used to further break a victim's mind. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Next week, we'll learn something more practical. How to prepare for the end of the world. There's a little more than just tucking your head between your legs and kissing your sweet cheeks goodbye if you have a spare minute leave a review follow the podcast and share it to a friend you know who might like to hear about the living dead join us next friday for doomsday prepping thank you all so much for listening so until next time love you all see you later